It's time for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. Now, from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and Belmont, California, here is Maggie and Matthew Paveo. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Sunday, December 31st, the last day of the year, and our last show of the season. Maggie, how are you doing today? So dad and daughter talk during football. I forgot to put that in there. But Maggie, how are you doing? Uh, you know, 2023. What a year. <laughs> it's gone. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> well, it did end with a resounding uh, win for Notre Dame in the, the, the uh, what is it, the fo- Frosted Flakes uh Mm-hmm. Tony the Tony Tiger, Tiger. Su- Sun Bowl, yes, a forty to eight win over a very, very depleted and overmatched Oregon State team, but a lot of good things uh, in the game for sure for Notre Dame. Uh, Maggie, in this win, certainly we're going to just jump right into it. What What are you happiest about with the win, uh, the forty to eight win? Lots to be happy about. What are you most happy about in this game? Well, I mean, if you look back at our last episode, I mentioned that I just wanted like a dominant performance. And I think, you know, a 40 to 8 win yeah. is kind of the best you can ask for. Well, I don't know that it was even that close. Yeah. I mean, the the 8 right. was very was lucky. Remarkable catch. Yeah. We'll, we'll give it to him. It was a remarkable catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the whole time, I mean, it was just Notre Dame burying Ohio, or Oregon State. Not Ohio State. I wish. Um, Oregon State. <laughs> next year. Next yeah. year. Um, and I – I was just happy with the performance. I think Angeli played well. He played great. Um, I think a lot of people played well. And as I said before, I think a dominant win shows how great the team will be next year. And I've already seen people on Twitter saying how excited they are for next year. So, you know, boost morale in the off offseason, um, make people excited for the new season. I'm excited for the new season. So overall, like, I was – very happy about all aspects of the game, I would say. I agree. There's nothing much to be disappointed with. Um, I think the, the worries that we had coming into the game, uh, for example, our offensive line, um, I don't know if it was the play calling of uh, Gino Gadouli or was it um, or just the play? You know, you know. I think a lot needs to go to Joe Rudolph, uh, the offensive line coach, for, for putting this team together or at least the offensive line together. Um, I think a lot of credit. I didn't hear much for him, but I think a lot of credit needs to go to him, uh, and because the offensive line played great. Uh, I mean, a few sacks here and there. Some of those were on Angeli, uh, but but certainly controlled the line of scrimmage. Um, the one part I thought that Oregon State could give us trouble was in the line, uh, but certainly Notre Dame uh, stood up to that challenge. I would uh, say that that also you could see the explosiveness and you could see the work that Marcus Freeman especially and his staff have been doing, um, the improvement in recruiting. Uh, Notre Dame is a much deeper team than Oregon State. So, uh, and the talent is all over the field. Um, all, and, and guys stepped up that had their chances and Notre Dame wanted to play in this game. So that, that all, everything was great. Um, and speaking of players that kind of stepped up, what shocked you the most out of this game, Maggie? Certainly we could talk Angeli or we could talk other players. What, what, who stood out as just a, an individual player? perspective not your play of the game possibly but just who surprised you i mean maybe this is kind of a cop-out because it was kind of known by most that he had a stand game but i still think the shock of jordan Faison's season and his progression from being a walk-on to someone who was a consistent target this game um and then named the mvp is just still shocking to me 
Um, at first it was kind of like, oh no, like our walk-on's our best receiver. But now it's like, no, he's like a pretty good. <laughs> he's our best receiver. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, a pretty yeah. good receiver. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, it's been an overall pleasant surprise this season. Um, for Faison, and I think it continued this bowl game. Yeah, I'd look into our uh, lacrosse team to see who's going to be the MVP of the next bowl game because the uh, back-to-back yeah. uh, MVPs are on the Notre Dame lacrosse team now. Anyway, in the bowl game. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think it speaks a lot to, and we have to keep this in mind ourselves, uh, to get too excited or too, uh, I wouldn't say depressed, but, you know, about star ratings in high school. Uh, Jordan Faison was a two-star recruit at safety, of all things, Uh was a lacrosse player came to Notre Dame as a lacrosse player walked onto the football team kept working kept and showing his stuff you know people get it wrong and, and certainly they get it wrong in both ways you know five-star recruits have come into Notre Dame and not performed well and two-star recruits now come in and are great so you know hats off to Jordan Faison for continuing to work hard and and keep working on improving and also hats off to our uh, scout team and, and our recruiting team. Again, goes back to finding these guys. I mean, a lot of the times it's that. No one asks, you know, Brock Purdy right now, one of the best players in the NFL. No one asks about what his star level was, you know, as soon as you, or even where his draft status was. So, you know, keep working as I think is just kind of the lesson here. And 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 you'll be found out. Um, anybody else? I Quickly, we mentioned Steve Angeli. We'll talk about him in a Well, Anybody else that surprised you before we move on to Angeli? I mean, I, I liked seeing the use of like the blocking tight ends. I thought Raritan mm, and Cooper yeah. Flanagan got a lot of time there, and especially with our depleted offensive line, I thought that was very important, especially because Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price both had good games um, running. So um, I think that might be, you know, because of the tight ends. And also like another thing that I wanted to see in this game was how the tight end position was going to kind of go because – there's a little bit of like injury issues right now. So I thought that was maybe not shocking, but uplifting, I would say. Right. And I, it, also they're doing it without a tight ends coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jared Parker gone. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think Reardon and um, Flanagan played great uh, in a non-pass catching role. You know, they, they, were, they don't, I think Reardon caught one. He was certainly open for a touchdown another, and it was one of the only passes that Angeli just kind of missed all day. Um yeah, I, I just think I was I was not surprised, but I love the play of of our running backs, Love and and Price. Price going over 100 yards uh, on 13 carries, and then Jeremiah Love, not so much explosive in the running game, although there were times where you're like, oh, he's just one step away. Uh, but it's more the the reception that he caught for a touchdown. The moves he made on that were really really impressive, and um, so you know all around, the, everybody stepped up. I was really happy to see uh, that. So let's talk to about probably the most. Um, person that probably had the most um, scrutiny going into the game is Steve Angeli. And Steve Angeli showed up kind of like we've been predicting on this show, uh, saying that, you know, his accuracy was incredible. He was calm under pressure. He just does the job. There's nothing flashy necessarily. Uh, he just does it. And he's so calm. I think it brings everybody else's excitement level down. But, you know, you look at anybody else, that's 15 for 19 for 232 yards and three touchdowns. The guy, we've, we've only seen his one interception. I don't think the guy, you know, and that was just kind of a mis, you know, misread in the Stanford game. But I don't know. He's so accurate. Even his, you know, he had two misses that I saw that were just bad misses. One was to Jaden Thomas in the end zone on the fade. And another one was to Eli Reardon, who was wide open. He should have just shot. But it, it, they were talking on the television, although I don't know if I trust these commentators, as it just being a communications issue between the two. Anyway, 
how did you feel about Steve Angeli, Maggie? And where does this leave Notre Dame with their quarterback situation? I don't even know. I mean, on this podcast, I feel like I've been pretty candid about how I feel about Riley Leonard and how I feel like Angeli already should get the role of starter next year, which maybe might be a hot take for some. But um, I think this – I'm can kind of confused, and I'm sure there are a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes of what Angeli's going to do. I kind of think because Tyler Buckner kind of had a similar situation with doing really well in the bowl game – that he'll stick around. I believe Tyler Buckner stuck around for the blue and gold mm-hmm. yeah, um, and then decided to transfer after Sam Hartman came in. Right. I sense a very similar situation, maybe not the same outcome, but I think that's probably how they're going to set it up for Angeli, where he has a great bowl game, comes back for the blue and gold game, plays, kind of sees how he is with Riley Leonard, and then I don't want him to transfer, but maybe that's when the decision will be made. Do you think so? What, what do you and, and so what do you think he sh- so you think he stays the spring game? I think you're right. I think Notre Dame is his dream job. What if he plays? I mean, Buckner, as we remember, did not play well in the blue and gold game, and it was obvious that Hartman was the better choice. What if it's not obvious? What if it's Angeli is just as good as Leonard in the blue and gold game? What do you think Notre Dame does then? And maybe Riley Leonard enters the transfer portal again. I mean, that would be my hope. I honestly would rather retain Angeli. Yeah then retain Riley Leonard. If even that's the case with Leonard, I guess you can't even really say retaining him if he's barely here for any time. Right. Um, I do like Angeli and I think he's been really patient and a good backup. Yeah. And I think that this is his season. I mean, I was expecting him to throw an interception because of when he came in with Stanford and immediately threw an interception. Right. We were so excited to see him and then he threw an interception. A bad one too. Yeah. So I was really expecting that um, this game and he just didn't do that. And I think he really showed that there is going to be a great quarterback battle. And I mean, it makes me wonder why we even got Riley Leonard, but you know, whatever. I would say, and I'll I'll continue to say this, it wouldn't be the worst thing, even if he's told he's going to be the backup quarterback for Angeli to stay. Riley Leonard, I'm telling you, will not play the full season. Um, There will be an injury at some point. We will need Angeli or whoever the backup is, Kenny Menchie, if he's still here. Um, We have this for prediction. Okay, Maggie, do you think they'll have Angeli or Menchie next year? Or either, or both. Or I neither, mean, I should say, or both. Call me an optimist. I think they'll have both. I think I think they'll have Angeli and not Menchie. I think Angeli does stick around. I think Menchie is gone. Um, and, and, you know, to off to greener pastures, probably back to Pitt maybe, if they will have him back, although their coach is not one to kind of let bygones be bygones. Um, but so uh, I, I think Kenny Menchie, although I'd love him to stay, uh, might be gone. I'd love them all to stay. You know, you, you like these guys. You want them to stay. Um, and so, so are, uh, how happy are you that we have Riley Leonard at this point? Scale of one to 10. Okay. Well, I don't like picking numbers, but oh, yeah, I geez. hate, okay. I hate numbers. Major. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, well, I will pick a number at the end. Let me oh, just great. think through it. Let okay, me just think you. through it. Yeah. Um, I was on the fence about Riley Leonard trending towards liking him as a pick because I was like, well. Maybe, you know, Sam Hartman did okay. Riley Leonard will come in. There must be some reason that Freeman wanted to get him. Um, And so I was trending towards above a five, I would say. Um, But then Angeli came in and he had this great performance. And I already was rooting for Angeli over Leonard. So I'm going to stick at a 3.5, excuse me. Only a 3.5. Yeah, I'm not very excited. See, I'm still pretty excited. I'm going to give it a six or a seven. Just because, you know, a talent like Ray Leonard, it's good to have on your team. 
I don't know that he's the backup or he's the starter. We shall see. I like a good competition. I hope that um, I hope that Angeli sticks around and they battle that out and see what happens. And I both hope they both stay because I do think they'll be playing time for both next year for sure if they both stay. And uh, Kenny Menchie, I would love him to stay too, but I doubt he will. It just makes no sense for him to stay with CJ Carr kind of coming up behind him and then Deuce Knight coming up behind him. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Maggie, let's go. How significant though? Let's go back to the win. So, so 10 win season, how significant is this for Notre Dame? I mean, you kind of saw it on the sideline. It's just a happy team under Marcus Freeman. I mean, Angeli picked Marcus Freeman up and I have never seen a player pick up Brian Kelly. And I know that that was a few years ago, so maybe I should let go yeah. the Brian Kelly, Marcus That's Freeman okay. comparison. I think but is, yeah, I mean, they're always going to be kind of compared a little bit. I, think. I mean, morale seems high on that sideline and that's a that's very true. nice thing to that's see true. That's because true. I feel like when Brian Kelly left, I right. think a lot of people were upset. Right. Um, and even this year, like with the transfer portal losing all those players, it felt like not morale was low, but it felt like there was some kind of betrayal in some way with all the coaching, um, firing and leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's kind of nice to see them kind of bond together. I mean, they bonded over a 40 to 8 win, which is kind of like a great way to kind of bond as a team. Yeah. Um, but I think it was very important for culture and then also just the team trusting Marcus Freeman in the future as well. well. And I go back to, and I know a lot of people have been you know, critical of the bowl season. Um, and certainly if you watched yesterday's Georgia, Florida state game, which is a joke of a game uh, with a team that just did not want to be there with players that did not want to be there. And it was just obvious, obvious when it was 63 to three, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, but I will say these games are important and I'll tell you why they're important. I think people are missing the point. Um, a lot of this will be done by rankings next year. Notre Dame should be in the top 12 to finish the season, which will be hugely important because I will tell you that um, the pollsters rarely deviate too much uh, in their preseason polls from what the postseason poll ended. They do a little bit, but if Notre Dame's 12, maybe they move up to nine, maybe they move back to 13 or 14, but that's, that's where you want to be next year. Next year with 12 teams getting into the playoffs, you want to, Notre Dame needs to stick in that first 12 and get there early will be very, very helpful since their schedule. It's not the roughest, especially watching Florida state yesterday, who probably is their hardest game next year. It looked like a joke. Um, I mean, I'm sure Norvell will have them ready to go, but my goodness, there was nothing really scary about Florida state, especially their attitude of just like giving up, you know, I, I don't know, not much depth either. Notre Dame seemed to be the much more deep team. Um, certainly cause they were playing with all, their share of people that are opting out anyway. Um, I think the ranking to start next year is very, very important. And that's a lot of the times determined by your bowl performance. People's feeling about Notre Dame will be very positive after their performance. It'll be very negative about Florida State. That will cost them positions in the poll. And that's going to be very, very important next year when 12 teams get in, not just four, 12 teams. And Notre Dame needs, needs to stick in that top 12 to make it to the playoff. And I think they can, especially if they start off in that top 12. That's why yesterday's game was significant. Um, or not yesterday, the game uh, two days ago was significant uh, for getting to 10 wins, but also their ranking next year. Very, very important in my opinion. All right, Maggie, players of the game. Who is your player of the game on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, I'm going with Angeli. Um, I feel like the theme of, I was going to say the next episodes, but who knows when those will be, is that I'm going to be pretty pro Angeli <laughs> for the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, he really led this team more than I even thought he was going to. I had somewhat high hopes for him going into it, but I was worried about that interception that we saw because it was just so yeah, devastating. So yeah. Um, 
So it was very a very good performance. I think he should have won the MVP mm-hmm. of the bowl game, although I'm happy Jordan Faison also got it. Um, so I'm going to choose Angeli. Okay. I don't see how you can choose anybody on the offensive side of the ball, even though the Sun Bowl did with Jordan Faison. Other than Steve Angeli, he would, did everything that was asked for him, save for two passes all day long. And one of them, if he hits, is his fourth touchdown. Um, you know, I think both of them, I guess, were missed touchdowns. But but I just think how you can turn away from a guy whose stats are that good. Um, like I said, he was 15 for 19. I mean, what do you want him to do? Three touchdowns and 200 plus yards passing. Uh, I, yeah, he's got to be Angeli, especially the scrutiny they do is under. Everybody was looking at him, you know, what, you know, and, and look at, and just for comparison, look at Oregon State's quarterback who was not good. Um, you know, he, certainly he was a third singer, but he had lots of starts last year and he was 16 for 27 for 180 yards um, and a pick, you know, not great. In a touchdown, a lot of that came on one touchdown throw too. That was just an incredible catch. Um, anyway, I digress. Steve Angeli is my player of the game. How about defensive, Maggie? Well, I had to look through some stats because I was trying to rejog my memory because I feel like everyone on the defense. Well, maybe that's kind of difficult. Most people on the defense yeah. um, really s- stood out. I yeah. think if that's even possible. Um, and I thought it was a really good overall team performance on defense. That being said, because it's his last game, um, I did pick Jean-Baptiste. That's who I was going to pick, so mm-hmm. I have to find someone else. I'll go with Batello. I, he, you know, I, I love to pick Jordan Batello. Do you want to – cut you off. Why did you pick Batiste? Well, I do, I do like JJB, um, <laughs> which is like one of my main reasons. But mm-hmm. um, also I just thought he brought a lot of pressure to the quarterback, and this was a quarterback that hadn't started in a while, as you said. Mm-hmm. So spooked him a little perhaps. Um, and I really think he's a good example of how the transfer portal really works for someone. Mm-hmm. So I – I was happy with his performance. I could, you know, I'm going to give, I'm going to pull a Maggie and I'm going to pick a few other players too, that my honorable mentions, uh, Benjamin Morrison, who had to face really the only tough guy on Oregon state's team. Uh, he stared him down and had an interception, although it was on a you know hail Mary, but still had an interception. I think JD Bertrand, although his stats aren't popping off the charts was disruptive all game by blitzing. I mean, Al Golden called a great game against a really depleted team. Um, but Jordan Patello, you are my pick because you're great and uh you had a great game and i'm glad he's coming back that was the other big announcement is that jordan patel is coming back i think that's a great right choice for that young man and i think he they're gonna find he's finding his way still and and will he's such an interesting player um uh him and jalen sneed i thought sneed played great too by the way um anyway, maybe that's my surprise who's your uh, jordan patel is my defense player of the game maggie who's your surprise player of the game so maybe this is a cop out, but I feel like we don't say this player a lot. So I'm choosing Chase Ketterer. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. Why not? Um, he got a touchdown at the end. He's a walk-on senior. Um, I just kind of like when we're winning by that much and we can play those players. I think Skip Falata also played a little bit, who's in the transfer portal, by the way. Um, and so, I mean, Chase Ketterer has been on the team a long time. He's been on the scout team. Um, and it was just kind of nice to see his career kind of end on a high note. Um. You know, I said Jalen Sneed. I don't see him as making any tackles, but man, that's surprising to me. He popped off the screen a couple of times to, for me in the game and was really disruptive. Um, I'm surprised they don't have him down as any tackles, um, but I'm going with Jalen Sneed. I thought he was a surprise. I mean, surprise is kind of, you keep waiting for his potential to rise and you certainly see it every time he's out on the field. I can't wait to see him next year as they kind of move him more and more. into. he's such a weird kind of, again, like Patello, this tweener position. Um, do you put more weight on him, put him, move him inside? Do you 
make you know put him on the outside do you make him into some somewhat of a drew tranquil type player um who knows well interesting he's he's an interesting player to watch um so he's my my uh player of the surprise player of the game jalen sneed okay baggy uh the college football um Comfortable and the has changed a little. I mean, majorly. I think it's been a big shift with the the transfer portal and NIL. Um, do you think Notre Dame has adapted well to this? I would say in their own way, yes. Um, when we were losing players, it felt like I mean, not even a month ago, like two weeks ago, <laughs> when we were losing a lot of players, it felt kind of scary and unsteady a little bit on the team because we were losing so many. But the good thing about Marcus Truman that I think we've all seen is that he's really good about picking certain players that he sees will be a good fit with the team in terms of transfers. So um, we got wide receivers back from like Bo Collins and the guy from FIU, which I will know the name of, I'm sure, next season. Um, and then other players, like we've gotten a consistent punter or kicker in the transfer portal and not going yeah. overboard for like these big names. I guess technically Riley Leonard is like a big name. Yeah, it's biggest. I'm mean, one of the biggest. Yeah, but it's more like things that fit within the system of Notre Dame, Yeah, which I think he's done a really good job of. And it honestly makes me really happy that our coach is not going overboard and he's kind of just playing it Well, I think smart. they're using, right, they're using it the way you should, which is fill in positions that to improve your team. And yeah, you're right. Two weeks. What a difference two weeks makes two weeks. People were jumping, you know, off the ship of even if Marcus Freeman, this guy's, you know, what's going on and this, that, and the other, and everybody's leaving. But you know, one, they had to get their roster down Two, uh, a lot of these moves just makes that made us better. Um, and also for the players that left probably gives them a better opportunity other places. So it was kind of a, one of those win wins. Um, so I, I think Notre Dame has adapted well. I think teams that haven't are slipping. I think Notre Dame's a team on the rise. I think a team like Clemson is a team on the decline because they didn't jump on board uh, with this kind of um, moves. And I think Notre Dame, you can see kind of the shift in football. It'd be interesting to see Alabama and Georgia kind of, you know, how they steady themselves and, and what they do. Uh, but certainly, um, I don't know that Washington is going to stick up there. Maybe they are. Uh, Oregon, I think, did, is doing well again in the portal. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know. Um I think Notre Dame did well. We'll see. We'll see for next year. I think they're doing it right. I think they're getting bringing in the right people as well. It's not just you know fill the biggest and the baddest. We're, we're also making sure that these are the right Notre Dame people, and we'll help the team and keep the culture. And um, as Steve Angeli talked about, the brotherhood uh, continuing. All right, Maggie. We also, as we finish this season, we're going to make our final picks. I did not do the final rankings. I'm sorry. I dropped the ball there. National championship though. First of all, who plays in it? We have Washington, Texas, Alabama, and Michigan. Uh, who plays in the championship, and then who wins it? First of all, who wins the play? Who wins between Alabama and Michigan? Let's start there. Yeah, I'm honestly a little shaky about this. Um, I just know the teams I don't want to win. So I'm going to say the championship is Alabama um, versus Texas, and I want it to be Washington. So I think it could easily be Washington. But I think Texas is going to win. Wow, Texas again beats Alabama twice. I'm, you know what? I'm changing all over the place on this one, and I, I hate to go against Dick Saban. I think, and I hate to go with Michigan. Ugh, ugh. No, I won't because the Big Ten has. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm going with Alabama to at least beat Michigan, but I'll go with Washington to beat Texas, and I'll be. I'll even go push Washington in uh, to upset everybody and be the national championship champion this year. Michael Penix. That team, um, they know how to win the tight games. They've beaten the better opponents uh, in beating Oregon. I think that's. I think people are just sloughing that off too much. That's a major win, and how they did it the second time, especially. 
um, was really impressive. I think probably out of all the teams, that's the best win. I mean, I guess Alabama over Georgia uh, is a great win, but um, that Washington over Oregon's right there. And I can't get that Alabama almost lost to Auburn out of my mind. Um, so they are certainly able to drop a stink bomb if if they if they you know in crucial moments. I don't trust Jaden Milrow to make throws. Um, I know, so I go Washington over Alabama in the championship game, and that Alabama Michigan one has me nervous, but. I just can't see who Michigan beat, especially after seeing Ohio State only score three points. Um, and Ryan Day, do you think Ryan Day is on the hot seat? I mean, he did it to himself. Uh, <laughs> I think if you are yelling at a coach who's like 80 years old. <laughs> a legend. Yeah, who has not coached in like 20, 30 years. I think maybe then you have some issues. You've lost your rocker. You've had other yeah. issues. But I will say, I just have hope that the college football Higher powers. Um, I won't get in it. Mm-hmm. Um, will not let Michigan win this game because they're they're cheating. They're yeah. cheaters. Right. Their coach has been suspended multiple times this yeah. season. Yeah. And I just don't it, want it to happen. I would ra- rarely root for Alabama in a national championship oh yeah, game, but oh it's my Michigan. god, if yeah. Michigan wins, I'm gonna lose it. Yeah. I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Also, just. Uh... Yeah, we, we could do a whole episode on just Michigan and their cheating ways. And can you believe Michigan's going to maybe wants to extend Jim Harbaugh? Well, oh, but I've man, also seen that, that the Chargers have been maybe like looking. Right. Right. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. All right. Someone's anyway. tiptoeing in here. Yeah, yeah, the dog is in here. I guess it's time to end the show. <laughs> All right, everybody. For the final time uh, this season, great season, Mags. Uh, and it ended with a, with a nice win. So um, next year. You want to do a prediction for next year right now? I think we're going to win the national championship next year, of course. There you go. Put it in the book right there. All right. All right, everybody. Uh, Maggie, any final words? This is my final time saying this. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Catch you on the flippity flip, everyone. All right. Go Irish. Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football.